people find their way into my inbox and I'm just like clapping hands and counting uh, digital dollar bills. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, I'm James Reynolds. Welcome back, listener. You are tuned into episode number 29 of Traffic Jam, the show that teaches you how to get more traffic and build a profitable audience online. Absolutely no messing around this episode. We're going straight into the content. So get prepared as myself and my guest today, the branding buzz marketing and all-round creative dude, Mars Dorian, discussed, amongst other things, Lady Gaga and getting naked. Now, those references may mean nothing to you right now, but stay glued to your speakers and you'll learn exactly why both are excellent metaphors to standing out online and getting noticed in a crowded space. Here's that interview. So welcome to the interview section of the show. Today, I welcome Mars Dorian, who's going to share how to stand out online, even in the most overcrowded of markets. Mars, welcome to Traffic Jam. Well, uh, thanks for having me, James. And um, I can't wait to spread some fire and share my knowledge with your community. Well, this is going to be fun. Now, On your website, marsdorian.com, you don't just say you help people stand out online, but you say you help them stand out online like a naked person (laughs) with a red feather on their face. Now, I've got to assume, Mars, you are speaking metaphorically, aren't you? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about it. No, I mean, um, you know, uh, today with everyone pretty much being able to start a global business based on a website, attention has become so uh, scarce, right? And it's really hard to stand out anymore and to break through the clutter. And my main focus nowadays, right, uh, I I help people with my illustration designs to stand out online, is really to ask myself the question, and how can I create either like content or a page on a website or something else in a way that makes people not only pay attention to it, but actually consume it and spread and talk about it so that they get really word of mouth value out of it and uh, to really get the uh, business going and uh, to to build a community. Well, it's interesting. I think this kind of whole approach that you have, the whole naked red feather thing, the fact that when I get an email from you in my inbox, it comes you know, from the name Greetings from Mars and your, <laughs> your website design. You've clearly got a standout kind of style of brand and a standout style of content. I guess because we are audio only today, take a moment to kind of paint a bit of a visual picture for our listeners, what the brand of Mars Dorian kind of looks like and represents. So the website itself is uh, a mix between a branding, creativity, and online business blog in terms of writing, right? But uh, I obviously, because I come from the visual area, I uh, draw everything myself. I have a tablet, which I work with online, and I have cartoony, very colorful images on every blog post. I have um, 
a quite a big header. I have my about page, which is pretty much like a like a comic that you can scroll down to and read my story, my background story and tidbits. I have a manifesto, which is also a comic version. And I pretty much have visuals, unique visuals in my own trademark style on every single page. Uh, in my guide and everything that I do mixed with the writing that I do really to, to create something that is true to myself and then hopefully gives value to my visitors and potential clients. Well, I think later in this section, we'll sort of dissect perhaps a piece of Mars Dorian content because having looked over your stuff, you have got perhaps a different approach to others. And I think as a case study, it'd be interesting to have a look at some of those elements. But I think as we are a traffic show, I'd like to get started um, really with a question about, you know, what you feel is the most important thing in terms of standing out and getting business online. And I asked this question because I felt having read your content that I may have stabbed myself in the foot. You say that actually traffic isn't that important <laughs> and there's something else that is in far, you know, it's far more important than that. Tell us what that is. Yeah, you know, uh, when I started out, I was so worried about just general traffic, right? I was just worried about getting that unique visitor account like up every month, right? Hoping it would skyrocket it someday. But the thing is, it did happen because I blocked a lot of build valuable connections. But, you know, just because my traffic shot up doesn't mean like my income shot up, right? So there was really a, a big difference between how much I was making and how much I should be making based on how many uh, view counts I got. So at one point I said to myself, you know what, it's not just like big traffic that counts, it's targeted traffic that counts. And I know a, a friend in the United States, uh, James DeYounger, he's an artist. I think he gets between 800 and 1,000 people on his website every month, which is not a lot, right? But he has a six-figure business based on that because the people that come to his website are really interested in working with him and buying his artwork. So he has a lot of, most of his people are qualified, quali what you call qualified traffic, right? Yeah. And when I read about that about two, three years ago, I thought, geez, that I have to think the same way, right? Who cares about getting high numbers? It's going to cream my ego, but it's not going to cream my wallet. So I got to change my approach and really focused on creating a, a, a writing style and a personal message and a specific message to a specific customer that would actually want to work with me based on how I am and how I represent myself. Well, that's interesting. Let's have a look at what that messaging might look like, because you've obviously developed a very distinct style of messaging, a very distinct look, um, perhaps from the point of view of how you might help a business that you work with. What would be the process that you would step someone through to develop that message, develop that brand so that they can connect with that audience once they reach it? Yeah, so I think the more... The, the problem that most people have is what I had in the beginning as well. It's like you try to appeal to everyone, even though you deny it. You say, no, 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 it's just like me and I'm going to put out my message and my style and my offer and then people are going to jump at it. But truth is, the more specific you get and the more you cut away, the more specific your target audience can be, right? So in the beginning, I used to have a writing style that was, I don't want to say like it was corporate in any way, but it was more safe, right? I wasn't mm -hmm. really expressing myself. My offer was very general. I, I didn't talk about the clients that I was working with. So it was very mellow, very general. And no one in today's age with so much uh, uh, specificity going on, no one is going to go for a general approach anymore, right? People want to exactly know what how you can help them. So yeah. I had a few customers in the beginning that were mostly from America that were very open-minded, a, a little bit more on the creative side. 
and less corporate, right? And I thought, you know, those people are really fun to work with and they have money. I, sh- I think I should target my business towards them. And then I learned like what their businesses were, right? They were like small business owners or like people in uh, smaller startups. And I kind of wrote the way I wrote is like targeted to them in showing the projects that I have, the colorful style that I have, right? And then I lost all those clients that wanted a more safe, a, a safe approach that thought that my writing and my drawings were a little bit too edgy for them. And I made my drawings and my writing even more edgier because that is who I am to really appeal to my right people. And I lost all the people who wanted more the general side of me, right? Mm. And uh, just, it happens every day, right? Uh, just three weeks ago, I had a client actually looking at this stuff and they said, you know, we really want to work with you on a visual slideshow presentation. But it's kind of a bit too over the top your style. And then some of the words you have on your characters, it's a bit too much. Could you like tone everything down? And then we could work with each other. And I thought, hey, you know what? I don't really want to, right? It's yeah. like really like um, doing self-censoring. And the kind of version they wanted to see from me was not like who I wanted to be. It would be like really using my style into like Disney level. And I thought, ah, I don't want to do that. It just feels wrong, right? And they would have paid well, but just didn't feel right. So I thought, you know what? Good luck on your search, but I don't think we are a perfect match for each other. So that's the price that comes with it. Yeah. So how would you describe your style to a prospective um, customer who might be listening into this podcast, trying to visualize kind of what you do and how you do it? How would you describe it to kind of fit that ideal customer profile of yours? Yeah. So it's a very colorful style. Uh, it's very vibrant. It has a, a lot of dynamics with it. Uh, I use uh, a lot of pictograms and writing on the clothing that I create for those characters and for those images. You know, it has a lot of uh, shapes and uh, words that have to do with the branding, right? So when I work with someone who wants a slideshow presentation about entrepreneurship, I would take his colors, red, for example, and I'm going to create create uh, characters and specific images that directly adjust to his brand and make it a little bit more edgy, like dynamic and give it like funky uh, uh, clothes and funky designs that really look unlike anything else in that range in order to make people pay attention to it. Yeah. Okay. Well done. I know it's hard trying to paint a picture visually when you're just talking. We we had a, a Pinterest episode a, a few months back and it's always a challenge trying to explain a kind of a, a visual method and a, and a visual approach in words. But um, I think that's summarized. And of course, we'll make sure the links off to, to your website and content are, are found in the show notes. Now, I think one other thing I really want to speak to you about amongst others, Mars, is your own development online how you've built your own audience because from what i can see you've been very targeted in who you've worked with who you've approached i mean if i look um at some of your content i see you've appeared for instance on corbett bars think traffic that one springs to mind tell me the story about how you made that happen how you sort of sought out these influential people online and and ended up working with them yourself yeah so in the beginning you know i was just blogging and trying to find my way and the thing is, if you have a specific interest, in my case, in the beginning was mostly blogging and personal branding and creativity, creative entrepreneurship, then um, you find like one person online, that's how it starts, right on Twitter, and you think, ah, interesting, I want to follow that person, then I, I would do a, a personal approach and contact them and say, hey, I love your website, you're so awesome, like, this is what I do, blah, 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 right, that's how it starts. 
And I did that for like the first year, just making very qualified, uh, very specific connections with people that really rode a similar wavelength. And Corbett Barr was one of those people he had really, he still has, right? But back then, like think Tavrik, the way the website looked and the way he rode and his idea, I thought it was so compelling. And I made that personal connection. And because I already had other people in my, uh, in my connections that also knew him, we made a personal connection. He actually came with his wife to Berlin, but not because of me, just because he uh, wanted to visit the place. And I saw him like, you know, uh, in person and I was even a better connector. And then I said, you know what? We should do like a, a small little project where we do like a mutual posting where our posts are interlinked with each other, kind of like a viral spread of mutual content. And we did that and was semi-successful, not as big as I thought it would be, but it even like, created a bigger bond with each other and that's how it started yeah great and i also seen that you've guest posted for a friend of traffic jam mark schaefer on on his business's grow website what sort of results has guest posting in that type of environment got on you well actually i'm not guest posting for him i am i'm, I'm a paid contrib- contributor even better yeah so <laughs> I, I write for him a post every single month i just finished my last post uh, two days ago for him very awesome relationship, you know, and that started actually from um, Srinivas Rao, who now runs uh, the Instigator Experience on the Unmistakable Creative, which is a podcast about creative entrepreneurs. And he knew Mark Schaefer personally. And Mark Schaefer was looking for some blogger who was not American, who was really good at English and who had to have a different style than most of his uh, social marketing people, right? And somehow, like, Srinivas uh, talked about me and then approached Mark Schaefer and said, you know, Srinivas sends me, here's my blog, uh, let's see if we can work together. And that was about one and a half year ago. And yeah, I mean, he just introduced me, it worked out. He really likes my blogging style because it's quite different from all those other people he has on. And it was really fruitful. I mean, the guy is huge. He makes, yeah. he has like 10,000 visitors a, a day, a day. Well, wow. it's like, I don't know, Avalanche Storm. And he has so many interested people and he has a new blog post every day. And I get a lot of, uh, 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 obviously, referral traffic. I had clients actually coming f- over from him because they saw my drawing style on his blog. And it has gotten a lot of new contacts, uh, a lot of traffic and even sales from my uh, outstanding guide. But nowadays, because I'm blocking so much for him, the return of investment is always uh, like um, slowing down, right? Because people get used to you and he has a lot of core readers that read his blog every day. So they kind of know my face. So... I get diminishing results, but it's still a blast. And I think he's an awesome sauce guy. Yeah, Mark's awesome. One of my favorite uh, Traffic Jam episodes. Um, and again, I'll link to that in the, the show notes. Definitely go check out Mark's stuff. So I'm just going to do a, a kind of a, a, a midway sort of roundup, Mars. I, I guess we've spoken at this point about developing a unique style of content and messaging that's not fearful of kind of alienating people you should actually try and sort of bleed towards the edges as opposed to um, trying to sort of uh, satisfy everyone then as you've done perhaps seek out others who may have a similarly lined target market or audience and then if you can find a way to serve them first and offer them something that's going to be beneficial and helpful would that be a kind of a good summary at this point kind of halfway through yeah uh just one uh addition if you if you do your targeted uh, networking, and I know for some people it sounds kind of like very uh, calculating, but uh, you know, 
if you connect with people that you really like and that write a similar wavelength, it's it feels very natural, right? And like you said, you want to give value, but you also want to make sure that you connect with people who have a different skill set. So they can be in a similar niche, but you don't want to have people who do exactly what you do, right? I, I follow, I don't know, about 650 people on Twitter now. I'm very specific about that, deliberate. And I rarely follow, follow like illustrators or people who do what I do because then it's kind of like idea and says, and I cannot... Like he has a similar uh, skill set and we cannot give value to each other, right? So most people that I'm friends with, they are good at a lot of things, but they're not good at designing or drawing, which is my strength. This is where my referral traffic comes from and the clients, because they always come back to me and say, hey, can you do this for me? Or this client needs that. Can you help them out? And that's very valuable. So look look for com- com- complementary uh, uh, skill set. Okay, good. And what's your approach to connecting with these people once you've identified that there may be a good fit? You've mentioned that Twitter is perhaps a a tool that you follow people on, but do you have any kind of process of connecting with people and then reconnecting with them to maintain those relationships? I always believe that you should be ultra specific when you connect with them, right? Just today, I got like an email which read in the subject line, business opportunity, right? Mm. And then I read the body of the email. It's, I don't know, half a page. And, you know, it it doesn't even have my name in it. And it's so general. Like, you can write that to a vacuum cleaner. It would be just as uh, uh, fitting, right? And he doesn't talk about anything what I do. It's just about the person, what he wants. And I know this person, it's just bulk mail, right? There's no specification. He doesn't even say, I like this blog post. There's nothing. He's going to send that to a million other people or so. And obviously that lands in the spam folder. So in order to fight that, right, in order to really break through the clutter, I would always be ultra specific. That if you approach a person you want to connect with, tell them why you're connecting with them. Keep it short, but keep it specific. Tell them, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm making this up now as an example. I read your blog post from January 2014 where you wrote about how artists should, I don't know, worry about Facebook marketing or something. It was really interesting because I don't do any Facebook marketing and I learned a lot from that post. Uh, here's what I do. Maybe we can contact or I just wanted to say hi or something like that, right? So you're really specific and the person on the other end knows, oh, so you actually like their stuff. You're actually a real human being who took the time to uh, interact with their person's work instead of just writing a bulk mail. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know whether you recall the email you got from me when we were setting up this interview, but again, a lot of that stuff was at play there. I think I would more than likely perhaps included your name in the subject line. But then immediately after that, I was telling you how I got to find out about you. And that was through our uh, mutual friend, Ryan Hanley, who put the the two of us in touch. So immediately there was a connection there, you know, how we got in in contact and what the connection was. And, And, you know, I'm sure that got your interest to read beyond that throughout the email so these are all the sort of um you know sort of skill sets and and tactics to use when you're approaching people in this manner no just last one last thing you know people always worry about the perfect strategy and it should be like five lines or no five lines is bad six lines is better because of some i don't know law i think it's all bs i think you should really worry about being specific and being personal and if that's authentic to you that uh it's very likely that the other person will start connecting with you if there's any mutual value that you can give right absolutely good well i said i wanted to dissect a piece of mars dorian content so here are my observations you can tell me whether this is kind of true of your content or not Mm. looking at your stuff i see that it's typically quite long you 
generally favour the written word as opposed to audio and video. And of course, you have a stunning original image with your content mostly. And you write with a lot of kind of personality and perhaps you post less than others as well. Would that be an accurate description of kind of your, your content style? Yes, um, I, I really love writing. I love writing just as much as I love drawing and designing. And the thing is that video and audio, I mean, I do audio when I do interviews like right now or a podcast, but I mean, there's only so much you can do in a day, right? And um, my main focus is really on the creation part. And blog writing for me, it's not as important as it used to be because I'm established in my uh, in my area with the people that I work with and I have strong word of mouth from my friends and um, colleagues or peers, how you call them. And that really gets me a lot of business, which I work on every single day. And I block only like once a month, which is terrible if you start out, right? I would say like at least once a week. But for me, it's just, it doesn't bring, it's more like a diary that is valuable to a lot of people, but it's not really bringing me any business. Like no one hires me because I wrote a superb uh, blog post, right? They hire me for my portfolio for the visual work that I do. So I have to concentrate on that, which makes me more money with, which is more important to my business. So that's why I'm sort of neglecting that aspect. Yeah, well, I'm experimenting with this a little. I was, was certainly a, a frequent poster for the majority of 2013, but I'm I'm kind of sort of winding back a little bit now and putting more focus into creating less frequent but higher quality content than than sort of putting stuff out almost on a daily basis as I was was last year. And I'm, well, I'm yet to see what that result will be as a, as a case of that. But I think, you know, if you look at the stuff that really gains traction online, the stuff that really supports search is the content that's really being shared it's really being drawn to because the stuff's so good and i think if you're trying to put out too much to maintain a level of consistency and quality just becomes that much harder because of the the volume you're trying to put out there yeah i mean it also i don't believe there's a right way because it so depends on your business on uh where you kind of specialize and what kind of personality you are you know for some people Blogging every single day might work out because people love that style and write short, snappy posts, whatever, right? Yeah. But then, um, yeah, it just depends on your specification and what kind of a service do you offer. Yeah, and I guess Seth Godin would be a great example of regular oh, yeah. short daily content. I mean, his stuff is exemplary, but I think I'd certainly struggle to put out that sort of stuff every single day. Yeah, it works fine for him because it's always he writes like um double sized tweets right because you just have one or two <laughs> paragraphs mostly and uh, he does it every day but then again he's um he's not making money from blogging right it's more like an open diary where he shares his thoughts on leadership the world marketing uh, entrepreneurship and what have you so um yeah I, I think you shouldn't like worry about what other people are doing but really experimenting and what i call like crash and burn really see like what helps me does it give me a return of interest if I block every day or is it just like something I do which has no value whatsoever, right? Mm. I want to ask you also about how you syndicate your content once you've posted to your own site. Where else are you posting your stuff? I guess your images would certainly lend themselves to social platforms. What's your What's your strategy around getting the content out there to a wider audience? Well, I use the major platforms, you know, well, I use mostly Twitter, but obviously on my Facebook fan page and sometimes my personal profile, which gets more responses because it's more personal. Uh, I get a few, uh, I get Google shares as well. I have some um, 
Google followers who have quite a lot of uh, people following them, right? Hundred, hundred of thousands. And also have, um, uh, because of the better visual post, I post them on Pinterest, yeah. which doesn't give me much results yet. Um, maybe I'm doing it wrong or I haven't found the right way yet to, to make it more stand out. But it's it's mostly actually because it's very it's not technical, but it's geared towards um, creative entrepreneurs and people who who work on the internet. So it's it has a better response on Twitter and Google Plus. Yeah, sure. And what's your best traffic source to your site? Yeah, it's organic. Mostly, I think it's like fifty uh, percent. The last time I checked, uh, Twitter and Facebook actually are quite low. They they make together maybe like twenty percent. And Google Plus is even less, and then some other sources. Uh, truth is, in the last month, I even haven't checked it yet because I don't worry about traffic sources anymore. I work about like client sources. Like every client that I have, I'm asking like, where do you come from? How did you find out about me? So that when I get a lot of overlap and people say, oh, I found you through this platform or those people, then I want to strengthify that uh, approach. Exactly. Well, it's zeroing on what works and then doing more of it, right? To to, yes. uh, to compound the results. And it's really, for me, I, I got to say, it's word of mouth at this point, right? I, I haven't done any marketing in the last year. I, I think I did one week maybe where I told some people of my new services and my portfolio page. And that was the first week in March 2013. And that was it. The rest of the year, I'm just working in people find their way into my inbox and I'm just like clapping hands and counting uh, digital dollar bills. <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess this really comes back to, you know, how we opened up the interview in terms of, you know, talking about becoming standout because someone like yourself, I would assume Mars is much more referable than, you know, some, you know, kind of, you know, just regular person that looks like every single other person online. Um, you know, you've got a standout style. You're very easy to talk about and refer, I think. Yeah. And the, the other thing that's also true is that what I didn't understand at the beginning, because everyone says like, or. Uh, apparently thought leaders say you have to be the best in the world and you have to be extraordinary. It sounds very cool. It's like, yeah, follow your passion, be the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is most people, yeah, you always recommend someone who's good. They don't have to be the best, but if you have a good relationship with them, it's enough to recommend that person if, if he or she is good, right? Like if, let's say there's an illustrator and designer who does exactly what I do and he's, I don't know, five times better. If I have my people in my network and they know me personally and they don't know that other illustrator, chances are they're going to hire me even though I'm much worse compared to him, right? Yeah. Because they have that connection and that is so valuable. And people always prefer people they know each other, uh, they know and they have a personal positive uh, connection to it. So make sure that you have that network, right? And don't forget, and then it doesn't matter if you're not the best. I mean, you should always improve, but it's it's like connections matter so much. All the work I get is really from people who know and love my work, but I know them personally. Those are not uh, uh, like people that have never heard of me. It's it's always about the personal re relationship. Awesome. Well, good stuff. I think we should get close to wrapping up, but there's one question that I've been dying to ask you, and that's what did Lady Gaga teach you about traffic and building an online audience? <laughs> I th oh man, that post is so old. It's like oh. it feels like the dark ages of the internet for me. Is that the <laughs> one I wrote for Corbett Bathing Traffic? 
I think it was. I think that's where I, I think that's where I found it. But I love the content and I think it's um, certainly as relevant today as it was whenever you wrote it. So I'd love for you to share that, that, uh, that idea and concept with the audience here. I don't even know every single step that I wrote in that post anymore. But what I love about Lady Gaga, I'm a huge fan of her music, is just the way everything from her branding right, is very specific. It's very unique, right? Uh, from the dresses she wears that have like Kermit the Frog multiplied or like uh, even pieces of meat on her skin, which is like absurd, right, to most. But it fits her branding because she kind of has that wacko commercial style. To the uh, personal greeting she has for her friends, right, that uh, I don't know how she calls it, I think the monster paw or something, where she uses like her right hand and pretends it's like a, like a tiger claw or something, you know, and even the idea of calling her fans like little monsters, and I think she calls herself Mama Monster, right? I mean, everything she does from writing to calling her fans to building their community has a unique branding that's directly associated with her. So there's no doubt it's coming from her. Nothing that she does is like generic, right? She's doing, the greeting is Lady Gaga style, the music is Lady Gaga style, the clothing. Like every time you talk about it, it's really Lady Gaga. And that really occupies your your brain space where you link everything that's remotely even like it to her. And that's really just another um, call to action to people to stop worrying about generic and doing what other people are doing and really focusing on your core strength and like I said, right, Mars Dorian is my nickname, like Mars, the full name is Marius, because it sounds like Mars and I like the planet Mars and it's red, my favorite color. I make sure that greetings from Mars, I have a red logo and stuff that, that, that I'm really consistent with that approach because that's going to help me stay out more and become more memorable. Got it. Well, there's some great lessons there. There really is. I mean, you know, she's developed a very distinct brand. She's hugely remarkable i mean there's no there's no doubt in the fact that there's conversations happening about what weird and wacky lady gaga's doing all the time and of course she's developed a really strong tribe that follow her every move and i think if you can mm. apply just a a fraction of what she's doing to your own business then uh, you should have some pretty good success so Mars, thank you for sharing what you have today. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun to say the least. I will make sure that everyone has links off to where they should find you. But uh, just for the sake of audio, where's the one place you'd like people to go and find out a bit more about you? So the Mars Dorian mother base is on Earth, hosted in America, but you can find it online on MarsDorian.com. <laughs> and uh, pretty much every every way to approach me is, has to do with Mars Dorian, right? So Twitter handle is more, uh, at Mars Dorian. And I could say more things, but those are the most used channels, right? My mother base and my Twitter handle. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, those links will be in the show notes of episode 29 of Traffic Jam. Mars, thanks for coming on board. Well, thanks for having me. And I hope this is really valuable to people in your community. And I hope they take that approach and really take the brand to the next level with it. This week's news in traffic. So on last week's news, we announced how Clout had just introduced a content suggestion tool that would suggest content based on interests that may relate to your target audience, therefore helping you create content that's relevant to the people that follow you. 
Now, this week's news, we can announce that Clout have introduced a scheduling tool. And this scheduling tool is purported to suggest the best possible times for you to post content based on when your audience is generally most engaged. Now, Clout say this is different to other tools such as perhaps Hootsuite, which suggests only based on when the average user would be most active. Clout are saying their tool suggests the best possible times based on when your own audience is most active on social platforms. It's now available inside the Clout dashboard. You can go check that out. Well, in news from Pinterest, they've just made GIFs, those animated images, viewable and pinnable from all iOS and Android devices. Now, it may not seem such big news for a traffic show, but this is really great news, especially for those exponents of GIFographics. They're those animated infographics that people like Neil Patel and his Quick Sprout blog are getting great success with. Certainly something I'm going to try, and I'm very happy to hear that Pinterest are now supporting posting of that content on their site. If you're a fan of Traffic Jam, I'd absolutely love it if you left a comment or a review for the show. Tell me what you like about Traffic Jam. Perhaps tell me some areas for improvement or some guests you'd like to hear appear on the show. I'd really love to hear from you. There's a couple of places that you can do it off-site, and that is Stitcher Radio and iTunes. There's an option to leave a review for the show on both of those two platforms. And also on trafficjamcast.com, you can go to the episode page and leave a comment. Do that right beneath the transcript and the show summary. There's a comment section right at the base, but also you can leave a voice message via our speak pipe function, which is found in the footer of the site. It says voice message. Click on that link. You'll be taken to the speak pipe recorder and you can talk into your microphone and actually leave a voice message for me. Now, we've not had a speak pipe message read out on the show yet, but I'm looking forward to doing that. Why don't you be the first? Get your voice, get your name, get your website mentioned, leave a little bit of a comment and a review for the show. And uh, yes, we'll play that back on a future episode. The one minute traffic tip. Okay, this is an email marketing tip and it will help you get your emails read by more people. Now, the most important part of an email other than the sender that will determine if your recipients open your email or not is the subject line. So to craft your skill at copywriting, yes, but also split test your subject lines. Instead of sending a broadcast all with the same subject line, divide your broadcast list up. To the first 25% of your list, send subject line A. To the next 25%, send subject line B. Then wait for 48 hours and see which of these two subject lines gets the best open rate. Then to the remaining 50% of your list, you're going to send the winning subject line. Now, this really is a very quick and easy way to significantly increase your email open rate just by testing exactly what works. And that brings yet another episode of Traffic Jam, episode number 29 to a close. Remember, for more traffic tips and more traffic training, head on over to veravo.com. More videos, more podcasts, and even some funny traffic tunes, as we call them, to get you giggling as well. And also, if I can help you grow your traffic 
head on over to the products page of bravo.com and you'll learn exactly how I can work with you to get your website climbing. Now to play out this episode of Traffic Jam, I've got a track of course chosen by my guest today, Mars Dorian. It's by a band called Angels and Airwaves and the track is called The Adventure.
You've been listening to the Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.